Let's pray. Holy God, I ask that you would be with us this morning as we approach the scripture, Lord, that we take a few minutes to uh, just to be in your presence, to focus solely on you. Lord, put me behind the cross. Let your words and your thoughts be mine. And if I misspeak this morning, forgive me, Father. Let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So if you want to join me, I'm going to be in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. So like I was talking to the kids about down there, they're, they're worriers. I know they are. Kids worry about things. I'm a worrier too. I, I like to worry. It's, it's, one of my, it's one of my hobbies. I don't do golf. I don't hunt. I don't fish. I worry. That's what I do. I worry about tomorrow. I worry about finances. I worry about our kids. I worry about our church. I worry about life. Most people can't live worry-free. Like me, they worry all the time, and they often feel that things will never get better. I don't think things will never get better, but I do worry a lot. Single people seem to fear like they're never going to find that special someone to share life with, a caring and loving better half. Some people worry that their work situation will never get any better. Some worry that they'll never have money. Some have health worries. Worry about family, aging parents, and more than a few people, even believers in Jesus Christ, are just plagued with worry and anxiety for no real reason. But it's clearly not God's will for believers to be worriers. That's not what God wants for us. God desires for us to have peace of mind, even during the, the storms of our life. So in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So as society, as a society, we worry about a great many things, and our, our worry uh, comes from a variety of different sources, different places. Fear of the unknown, right? Uh, uncertainty and unpredictability of life. Unmet and unrealistic expectations of ourselves and of others. <coughs> we are fortunate, though, that we have a Savior who lived life just like you and I. Hebrews 4.15 tells us, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Look at what Jesus said about worry in Luke 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. So honestly, usually when I, when I worry about something, I don't really think about food or clothes. It's just not one of my worries, because I... Because I, I have too many clothes for one person anyway. And I don't usually worry about where my next meal is coming from. But tragically, there are those who do. There are those who just barely have enough to get by. They wonder where the next meal is going to be coming from. Those who struggle to find warm clothing or a coat for cooler temps. 
And I know that we appreciate, we as a congregation, we as a community, we're appreciating these cooler mornings. I woke up and it was 54 the other morning. I thought, yes, we have arrived. But our neighbors who are forced to sleep in it aren't quite as appreciative as we are. We need not look further than Matthew 25 for the words of Jesus about this topic. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. In case you were wondering what we needed to do for those folks who can't find food or, sh or clothing. Now, for us, though, probably, the, the, the list of worries uh, is a little different, right? Not really greater, but different. Life just seems so complicated. The more complicated things that we may worry about, cars and insurance, retirement, aging and being struck with Alzheimer's or some other debilitating disease. Here's a good one for you, the price of gas. Criticism from others. Terrorism. That's foreign or domestic. People that would hurt our children and our grandchildren. Jesus was attempting to teach the people about worry and use the examples that they were most familiar with. He used food. He mentions clothing. He, he talks about the worries of the body. And those were the examples of his day. The examples are not the point, the examples are only examples and are meant to make the people think about their lives in the midst of the truths he is presenting. What we need to focus on are the eternal truths that apply to everyone's life, no matter what or where or when they lived. Focus on the Bible. 2 Timothy 3 tells us all Scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You see, Jesus had our lives in mind when he taught these things. He knew that our lives would become more and more complicated, but that his words apply no matter the situation. That's the way it is with God's word. Jesus said in Luke 12 again, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Jesus would tell us that by worrying, we have added nothing or gained nothing in our lives, but we've only taken from our lives. We've only diminished our lives. You see, worry is an enemy of faith. Jeremiah 17 says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Worry is an enemy of our faith. In Luke 10, Martha was worried and upset about many things, right? And she had neglected the, to enjoy the faith in the presence of Jesus. She missed out on that altogether because she was so busy worrying. Worry diminishes our faith and trust in God's purposes and God's will for our lives. Worry diminishes our peace and assurance that God is going to take care of us. God said clearly, I'm going to. 
Worry diminishes our relationships because it can spread and become frustrating to others. How many of y'all have ever been around somebody that just worries and they're kind of a dud, right? Most, most of my kids, they don't like to be around. They, we don't want to be around someone that worries all the time, right? Worry diminishes our willingness to do and to act. In the Old Testament, Proverbs 12 tells us, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. And Jesus tells us in Luke 21, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. See, worry is that snare that diminishes our lives and weighs us down. It keeps us from being all that we can be. There was a preacher who wrote about his two-year-old daughter who came down with Stevens-Johnson Syndrome. Basically, it's a, a, a person's entire body gets covered with fever blisters. The end, the end is, is, is skin scars, uh, possibly loss of vision, and, and even, maybe even death. She could not be touched. She was in constant physical pain. She couldn't see. She couldn't eat. Even talking about it years later made him uneasy and sick, and it was a horrible time for her. He said, I can think of no greater time in my life when I worried what if she's blind that was a real possibility what if she was disfigured for the rest of her life that was an even greater possibility but in the midst of this situation Jesus would say to him who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life even in the midst of our our, our biggest storms our darkest hours God is telling us do not worry do not worry So as it is now, I have, I have moved three times in ministry, right? Moved from Ben Alstein to Tom Bean, Tom Bean to Nocona, and Nocona to here. So that's, that's, that's not a lot considering some of my colleagues who have moved numerous times, right? But each time I worry. I worry about my family. How is this going to affect my family? You know, what's it going to do to the dynamics? I worry, I worry what, what the church is going to think of me. I mean, that first Sunday standing up here in front of y'all, that's no, that's no picnic, folks. <laughs> As the great philosopher once said, that ain't fun. It's worrisome. And it goes on for several weeks. I worry about the state of the church. Well, you know, what, what am I walking into? I mean, why am I going? But in the midst of the situations of each church move, Jesus would tell me, who of you by worrying can add a single minute, a single hour to his life? Jesus teaches us that no matter what the issue is we're facing, God knows. We serve an all-knowing and an all-loving and an all-caring God who is intimately invested in our lives and knows what we need, even before we do. I mean, I believe that, I believe that this God who was present before time knew what we were going to experience. Are you, are you worried about your job? God knows. Are you worried about a medical test? God knows. Are you worried about your family, the safety of your family? God knows that too. Nothing that we face is above God's notice or God's power. God knows our situation and asks us to reach out in faith in the midst of whatever it is. 
God's way of faith and God's provision is best. We have to be people of prayer. There's no substitute and there's no alternative for taking yourself and getting into a conversation with God. It can be all day, it can be five minutes, it can be just a few moments. But there is nothing that takes the place of your conversation with God. The promise of Philippians 4 is the same as in Psalm 94. When we make up our mind to trust God and allow God to change us, when we come to God in prayer, God will fill our heart with joy and with peace and with understanding, and all of that will push out the worry if we trust. Worry has no place in the heart of someone who is God-filled with joy. We can't let the weight of worry diminish our lives or the goodness that we receive. So friends, I want to tell you, just like when I came here and I worried and God reached into me and said, don't worry. That's what God's telling you today. Don't worry. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.